Do you have something to say? Do you believe that everybody should be enabled, encouraged and empowered to tell their story? Speaking is power. As it's said, if you can speak well, you can influence. And if you can influence, you can change lives, your own and others. Welcome to the Let's Stand podcast, speaking up about speaking out. My name is Siobhan Fitzgerald and it's a pleasure to connect with you today. Series 2, what can you expect? Well, in Series 2, I'm going to explore 21st century skills and change-making skills of creativity, empathy, leadership, teamwork, well-being and innovation in education and life beyond education and how these vital life-enhancing skills link and intersect with communication and speaking skills. I am so looking forward to the first conversation of Series 2 of the Let's Stand podcast and absolutely thrilled that my first guest is going to be Fiona Collins, Network Coordinator of the DCU, Dublin City University Changemaker Schools programme. We're going to be chatting about Changemaker Schools and change-making skills in education. I really can't wait for this conversation. Hi, Fiona. It's such a pleasure to connect with you today. You too. Thanks, Siobhan. Delighted uh, to have this opportunity. And what a lovely way to spend uh, the morning chatting about uh, change-makers and change-maker schools. Thank you very much. Oh, do you know, it's one of my favourite topics to talk about because I think it's such an empowering topic. And I know I have my own perceptions of, and experiences of what change making and change makers are. So Fiona, can, can we just start by talking about and maybe you describing what change maker schools mean and what they are? So what they mean and what they are um, are two very intertwining concepts in a way. So just to give you the context, or who they are or what the Changemaker Schools are. So we are 15 schools all across the country, uh, from Donegal to Kerry to Cork, Dublin, rural schools, small schools, large schools, urban schools, Desh Band 1 special schools, you name it. Um, and we're linked to DCU. So DCU is the largest institute of education in Europe. And what we are is a professional learning community um, of like-minded individuals and schools who are chosen because uh, they create systemic change in education. So a change maker school is a school whereby the vision of the school embodies the skills of empathy, creativity, leadership, and teamwork, or there's a culture built up around uh, those four pillars. The schools have the ability to influence and inspire regardless of size or location. Experiential learning uh, is very evident in the school and the leadership in the school is distributed, change and transformational. And there's one key core concept 
for changemaker schools or for our professional learning community, or we have one sole purpose. And it's the very, very simple yet powerful idea to develop our students as changemakers. And this is the big question. And it's the question that from the moment I was introduced to the Changemaker Schools program uh, has been on the tip of everyone's tongue. What or who is a changemaker? And a changemaker is someone with the skills and confidence to lead change in their home, school or community. And if you want to develop that further, a change maker is someone who has creative solutions to solve social problems. And the big word in that sentence, in that powerful, powerful sentence, are skills and confidence. And the role of our schools is to develop those skills to support that confidence building of our students as change makers and in the development of their agency and identity as change makers. Wow, that's super, Fiona. You've answered so many questions there in one that were on my mind. So I think you explained what the DCU Changemaker Network is, what, where the schools are across Ireland that are part of it. And I loved, um, you mentioned the pillars there, the pillars, creativity, empathy, leadership and teamwork. Now, it was interesting, actually, because my, my daughter did her Leaving Cert this year and she got her Leaving Cert results on Friday and actually I thought now she's happy with her results and hopefully she will get the course she wants at university but a thought came into my mind when I I heard um, her speak about the results and about some of her friends and whether they were happy or not and a thought came into my head I was wondering I wonder in the aftermath of the results now will there be many change makers amongst those people and so when those students and when you said there about developing the capacities to solve problems uh, the skills the confidence all of that Fiona why are all of those skills those change maker skills important why are they important it's a really interesting question and it's something that I'm absolutely fascinated by and I suppose it's what motivates me and motivated me as a school principal and I guess the reality is there is a need for change. And for me, change is the nature of teaching. And we need to produce, the future is now. And we need to um, educate and develop pedagogy for our students to work in the world that is now. The old ways don't work. Inequality is widening. You know, there are so many complex social issues in the world and the old systems and the old practices and the old ways of teaching, you know, which are very often focused on very in very narrow ways are not diverse enough to support um, the different needs that our education system needs to support. And, you know, we could talk about this for days, but I suppose essentially the skills that students need now are difficult to find within the current system. So how do we develop critical thinking? How do we encourage uh, creative approaches to teaching and learning? How do we develop school cultures of leadership? How do we develop student voice agency participation? What does active and engaged citizenship look like? So the old ways 
don't work anymore. Our students are need to be prepared for the now. And what does that look like? And I suppose this is kind of what motivates me towards this, because always uh, when I was a school principal, and I can speak a little bit about how I got to where I am today, but I always felt that the needs of our children were so different to what it is that we were almost prescribed to teach and to do, and even how we were educated as teachers. And we developed our own pedagogy and empathy-based methodology pedagogy to support these contextual needs. And I suppose the idea of the Changemaker Schools is there is no one size fits all in the education system. There is no one size fits all school. And it's the courage and the tenacity to develop a school culture that can contextually respond to the needs of a community. And those needs are as diverse as students are diverse. And what, how do schools adapt and organically approach those needs and provide the best education possible so that students like that are coming out with the skills to survive in this new world? And they're not numeracy and literacy skills. That's just one very, very small part of it, you know? Mm. That's fantastic. Uh, Fiona, what struck me there, so many things again, when you began talking about the need for change you know, it strikes me as a parent as well as a school principal. When you look back at our own school days and say even when we trained as teachers and how much life and the world and even the Irish context has changed since then. When I think about, you know, I know some people may, and I, I have this tendency myself sometimes to think that that's enough change now for the moment. Just let me carry on nicely with what I know for sure, what I understand. So I think sometimes there can be a kind of a negative perception of change that it's a bit fear to be feared. It's a bit uncertain. Um, I, I remember somebody saying to me once, and it wasn't meant as a compliment. They said, oh, you've changed and I thought well yeah I'm natural I change every day the seasons change it's one of the most natural things in the world so I think that perception of change can sometimes maybe put people on the back foot and kind of think enough now that's enough let's just carry on with what we know would you have any thoughts around that yeah that's so interesting and I, I often would have come up again you know with that even in my own leadership uh, role. I suppose the beauty of the Changemaker Schools project and program is it's a practice to theory approach. So my role is to look at the current practices in schools and to look at what practices um, schools are engaging with that align with the philosophy and the ethos of the Changemaker Schools program, but are developing students' identity as changemakers while at the same time being very cognizant and respectful of school's capacity, of school's journey, about you know, things like leadership changes in schools and whatnot and where schools are and where they are not. But the reality is the world is changing extremely fast. And this notion that as educators or the education system can stay fixed in a way because at some point it did work, really at this at this stage um, of our understanding of education, particularly our understanding of leadership, is not really acceptable. 
because we're doing a disservice to our students. And you will see um, when we look at the criteria for changemaker schools and the traits of the principalship or the traits of the leadership, and there's a strong culture of distributed leadership encouraged because that's absolutely key, as well as student leadership. But also what we are finding organically, uh, organically as we're looking through this and now when we're moving into scaling to new schools, we're seeing the traits of change and transformation leadership and culturally responsive leadership in the school principles. And when you have those leadership traits and those values, then obviously the school culture is very much influenced within that space. And we're seeing this as um, a very, as, as a positive, you know, because obviously um, the values of the school principal and the values of the leadership team influence and shape the pedagogy and the culture of the school. And if that is change and transformational, but culturally responsive is the really key one here, then you will see pedagogies that embrace change. You will see an openness to change. And at all times being so cognizant of where a school is at, because this, you know, if we're, and I say this across the board, we cannot empower students if our staff aren't empowered. We cannot develop self-efficacy of our students if our teachers don't feel that themselves. We cannot, you know, develop the students' well-being if the well-being of the staff isn't supported and there isn't a culture around it. It isn't one or the other. We're all working together as a community. And what's beautiful about the changemaker schools are part of the magic is we have 15 of these schools that align around common languages language traits and pillars where the idea is this is supporting so there's power in all of this together and one would hope that there's a community with that kind of ethos within the schools also yeah fantastic fiona what i'm hearing there as well is um the mention of culture and context context and when i'm thinking about whether or not uh, teachers may prefer things not to change or people's capacity to embrace change and, and create change makers amongst our students and our staff. I think all of us, not just in Ireland, across the world, we definitely received a very, very strong reminder and awakening that change is possible in the blink of an eye with COVID-19. I yeah. think it was a great awakening force. And I think now in the aftermath of COVID-19, there lies a huge opportunity really to embrace change and to look at the context, look at the context in our school, in our system, and to be part of devising or imagining a way forward that is going to develop the, skin, the skills of change making. Fiona, you mentioned earlier um, your current position that you were principal of a large school, I believe, in Dublin. And uh, you said you talked to us a little bit about how you got to the position that you're in today and what exactly it is that you do. Yeah, so thank you very much. This is one of my favourite topics, uh, talking about uh, the school that I'm seconded from. So I started my career at a very young age um, in a disadvantaged school, a Deshband one school in the inner city um, in Dublin. And I had never taught anywhere else. And uh, when I became principal, um, I there were particular challenges within the school that I noticed um, were very much related to the emotional well-being of the students and their emotional literacy and 
I, over the course of a long time, me and the team in the school, and particularly there was, there's some phenomenal teachers uh, in that school, like there is uh, in every school at this stage, I think teachers are absolutely amazing. The work that they do blows my mind. Um, but we realized, for example, let's say elements of the SPHT curriculum just weren't hitting what it is that we needed to hit or areas that we wanted to target. So over a course of about 10 years, we developed what's now known as an empathy based methodology program. And this was extremely diverse and it started with the basics of emotional literacy and I used to have a mirror um outside my office and it had all the emotions around it and it was kind of you know you know when you look at yourself what you see and this kind of thing but we did a lot of work literally around labeling labeling emotions and discussing different things that were going on and whatnot and then we developed it on that we had various art therapy and different approaches to the students and then we got ourselves to a point where we were engaging with ot um, to look at kind of more movement around emotional regulation and whatnot. But what we saw with this uh, program was a complete transformation of the school in every way. And on a very basic level, students were happier and teachers were happier. There was a culture um, in the school of a deep understanding of the community, but also a deep understanding of what way do we adapt our pedagogy to suit these needs at this time, these students this at this particular juncture or uh, of the school year. But teachers were now in a position where they could teach and that had been challenging for us for quite a while. Um, to do, but it was a very complex kind of area. But what I saw within it is uh, what did leadership look like in that kind of um, space? But what I also learned is courage. And what I also learned was how to get a team of people around or how to empower a group of people or, or teachers around uh, having that courage to contextually respond to the needs of the students. But this empathy-based methodology program got us nominated as a changemaker school. And at that point, I kind of always felt, you know, we're, we're working a little bit outside the box here, guys, but I know it's the right thing for us to do. It is the right thing for us to do. And I always felt a little bit outside the box. And then we were nominated as a changemaker school. And all of a sudden I was sitting around four other school principals who I really, really admired and I'd heard so much about. And every time they spoke, they really spoke to me. And I was like, I'm not thinking outside the box. These are people that are just like me. This is leadership just like me. These are schools and leaders that I can learn from. And this really inspired me because all of a sudden then what it is, we were able to achieve more because we had that support from other school leaders. And now we have 15 school principals. And the key to this uh, professional learning community is our common language and our common pillars. And then we unite around all of that. And that's the core function of it. But I became very, very passionate about the Changemaker Schools program and the power of that peer networking and support around that idea of contextually responding to the needs of students and also that development of agency of students. And when we talk about um, what or who is a changemaker, um, it was always very transformational for me when I saw our sixth class students stand up and identify as change makers and why at the school graduation. And I felt that we had 
done what we could or they were as empowered as we could support them to be at that point in their juncture by them able to stand up I am a change maker because and have the language to do it and I suppose that deep sense and hope within them that they would carry this forward from them and I always felt and I know the team felt that by doing that we were giving them the foundation to feel that they had the power to influence their futures and I think that's a key piece around that but that's what worked in our school the identity of its change maker might be different in a different school because they might have a different contextual slant on it um, particularly one of our schools you know is very into engaged citizenship and they work very much with an international partnership and they would look at change making within that lens we have another school that have a big outdoor curriculum and they will look at change making within that lens and that's the beauty of it because that's the school culture and how they adopt and identify change making is very particular to that wow fantastic um there was one thing you said there that just lodged in my brain when you said you had that experience of knowing that it was the right thing to do. So when you do certain things within your school, but but I suppose I've encountered that definitely with the staff that I work with at present. And when I took over as principal here, I, I noticed straight away that there were so many good practices that weren't directly, they weren't stated explicitly on the curriculum, but they were good practices that were making a difference for the cohort of students that were here. And I'd often hear teachers and staff say, I feel that this is the right thing to do. I know it's the right thing to do, but what might an inspector say or where exactly is it on the curriculum? And it struck me at one, at one stage that that knowledge and that feeling, it's not just an instinct because some, some teachers were saying, I think it's just an instinct I have, but it was more intuition based on all of their training, all of their experiences. And I definitely get, you know, my experience has been that all teachers want to make a difference in some shape or form. So every day they're trying to teach the curriculum and adapt the curriculum to ensure that it's making a meaningful difference for the students that they're teaching. And Fiona, what you're saying there um, about your position within the school, now you're in a very a very interesting position within DCU as the coordinator of the Changemaker Network. So you have you've, you've the privilege, I imagine, of being able to look into the Changemaker schools across Ireland. And I know there's a whole network across the world as well uh, and see what practices are working really well for them. So I wonder, could we break it down a little bit and look at some of those individual pillars? Like, say, for example, now the pillar of creativity. So what are there any examples that come to mind for you of what creativity looks like in the school context? Yeah, so creativity is actually really strong in Irish schools and I a lot is attributed to uh, the Art Council and the Creative Schools program. So you'll find so many fabulous examples of creativity. But what's important to remember is when you're developing skills of students as change makers, and we look at different tenants or practices of schools or pedagogies within the four pillars, what we are really doing is we're developing um, social innovation in primary school students and, or, and looking at practices that are socially innovative that we can kind of uh, bridge together to create a curriculum. So, Going to my I'm going to my role in DCU, and th this is what's fascinating about my role in DCU. So, 
I've had the most amazing year where I have almost been like a forensic data um, collector online, uh, collating newsletters and getting glimpses of the work that's going on in schools. And now we have developed uh, this 110 page framework looking at all of the practices within the four pillars uh, that's going on within the schools. And I'm now in a position where when we're piloting our new schools and developing a pedagogy and developing a pedagogy around 21st century learning uh, in Irish primary schools. And what I often say, and this, this rolls off my tongue, if you look at third level, they do an awful lot around development of human capabilities, um, they work very much around 21st century learning. If you go into post-primary, you know, the, there's different organizations working with post-primary schools in this space. And I was like, well, where, where is the primary schools? Where are the primary schools um, in this conversation? It's not as though they suddenly arrive at 12 and they have a voice. So they suddenly arrive at 12 and they know how to think of creative solutions to solve social problems. And like, what does this look like? Uh, for the five-year-old walking into a changemaker school. And how do we capture what's going on in the schools, then look at international best practice, and then work together to build something like an offering that when we are bringing more schools onto the program or we are creating something bigger, that we have a pedagogy around all of this. And we have this pedagogy around what does the culture of change look like around the building of the identity of students as changemakers. So in terms of examples, I have 110 pages of examples, but <laughs> I have certain um, I have certain examples to talk about or I use. But you mentioned creativity, and I suppose it's been such a focus on outdoor learning, and this has been amazing. And I know even in my own school, I used to be saying because we're in the middle of the inner city, and there's lots of parks around us, but we found it challenging to go out, you know. And and mm. like that, when you when you go with us. What will the inspector say if, you know, we're gone off, it takes 10 minutes to get there and all this kind of crack. And then all of a sudden you're hearing about these schools that are doing their lessons outside. And we, one of our schools uh, has a forest school curriculum and they have to walk a good bit to get there and back and whatnot. But what they're learning is worth that kind of challenge, you know. And, and it's interesting when you say there, what will the inspector think and whatnot. The only people who think like that often are the teachers that are worried about it. No one else is worried about it, at least of all the inspector, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I often say that to people, you know, like if you're doing the right thing and it is wor working within the curriculum, which it is. But I love this creative um, emphasis on outdoor learning. And one of our other schools has an outdoor classroom and whatnot. But even your own school, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to talk to, you know, I could talk all day about your own school, but your field, you know, and the yeah. map created in the field and the mud kitchens and the wheelbarrows and, you know, and, and the, you know, everything is outdoors. But, and, the and, and you're covering your curriculum, but your pedagogy is deep rooted in the contextual needs of your students and it suits your students and it's what's right, you know. Um, your entrepreneurship, so a lot of the schools are beginning their journey in entrepreneurship by looking at kind of social innovation, but uh, one of our schools has swap shops and lots of our schools kind of do uh, interesting kind of uh, practices around bringing those kind of ideas. But entrepreneurship in a way, like change is a word that sometimes people don't necessarily like to connect to education. So when when I think of entrepreneurship, I think of citizenship, I think of creative solutions to social problems, I think of 
the work that our schools are doing around uh, creating awareness around climate change. I think of the work that our schools are doing with the Roots of Empathy program and developing empathy for themselves and their environment. I think of, um, you know, the pedagogies the teachers are developing and creating within their schools with that kind of courage to lead that kind of change. So the four pillars, um, and what I often find within the schools, some schools are strong in some areas and not so strong in other areas. But regardless of that, leadership and teamwork across the board are very, very strong. And there has to, to, to create a culture that's responsive like that, there has to be a, a community or a culture within the school of distributed leadership where everyone can lead. Everyone has the capacity and the opportunity to lead from the student to whoever, and that there's a strong middle leadership core. And I, I used to often say when we used to be recruiting changemaker schools and issues, I want to walk into a school and not know who the school principal is. That to me is a changemaker school because there, there is no us and them, there is no other, that there is this community working together where people have different roles perhaps, but we're all encouraged to lead. And again, a huge thing with this and with the changemaker schools is student voice and agency. You cannot uh, encourage identity of students as changemakers without that agency. And you cannot encourage the agency of students unless teachers are given that agency and teachers are empowered. And what better way than to support them to lead? That's very clear. <clears throat> Again, you covered so much there, Fiona. There's a few things that struck me there. I actually taught in a special school many years ago now. And I think the principal of the school at that time has been one of my main role models throughout my life. She was a formidable person, a very strong character, but very, very empathetic when I look back. And I, I don't think I had that word so much in my vocabulary at the time, but I knew there was something special about her. But one thing she always used to say was, she said, when somebody walks into this school, I don't want them to know who the principal is. I want them to just see everybody working together. And, you know, that is something that you definitely felt. And also in her sharing that with us as staff, it definitely was empowering. Yeah. It empowered us and gave us a certain amount of freedom to, to be agentic, like you said, to, to take responsibility, to try new things. But yeah. Fiona, in terms of creativity as well, as you were speaking there, there were two things that, that it triggered in my own mind was when you were talking about say, um, in the context of the forest school and walking to the school because what's to be learned there is worth it. What I've noticed with teachers is how they can be very creative around how they build some of the learning outcomes of the curriculum into even that walk, the yeah. walk, the transition. So they might be covering, for example, social skills. They might be covering oral language. And they've done that in, in a systematic way but yeah. it's, it's very deep and very meaningful. And also with regard to creativity and primary school children, I might be biased because this is where my experience lies, but I think that it's children that can sometimes come up with the most creative of solutions because their imaginations are so vivid and so, you know, that they're not as restricted, say, as we become, as we get older. Yeah. So so Fiona, I'm just, just moving on then. Another thing that struck me there, you mentioned some of the skills you mentioned. I was, I was connecting them with what I know about 21st century skills as you spoke. 
And something that I hear very regularly, and I imagine a lot of people in education hear, hear the term being used, is student voice. So student voice for this, for that, for everything else, and the importance of it. Do you know or are you aware of any good examples of student voice? And that's a really powerful question. And when I was doing my forensic data collection across the chain maker schools, I was saying, okay, there needs to be something done here because what happens often is student voice becomes quite tokenistic and a student council is developed or agreed, you know, a team for something. And this is kind of seen as a mechanism in which to encourage that kind of capacity or, or to tick a box almost. And I'm working now this year with Dr. Benjamin Mallon, who is a professor in DCU, and his, his work is around student voice, agency and participation. And what does that look like? And student voice is a very, very complex, complex area. Um, because when we think about it, we think of Hobnanog and Dolanog, and it's and there is a piece around advocacy for children's rights and advocacy for um, children kind of be able to present what it is that they feel need to be changed within a school or having that capacity and that freedom to do that. But student voice is also looking at students' opinions in, for example, building a school extension, uh, developing a timetable, um, getting their participation and their input from whatever age, from, you know, I, I am a full believer from junior infants up, if you are, putting a new initiative. Um, okay, we're, we're devising our school graduation, getting input from every class. The idea with it is, and what I found in my own school, the idea with, with it is, is that students can see that their voice matters. And when they have an input into what the day-to-day -day running or the organization of the school, which is where they all are, that they develop that sense of empowerment. Then you can leverage it up and you could bring in the Laura Lundy model, you can teach about the UNCRC and you can bring it into whatever direction that you choose. But it's a slow process and I often find it's a slow process because there's a piece around there around supporting teachers about how do you do it in the small little ways in your classroom, how do you encourage uh, children to participate in key decision making opportunities and there's no one size all it's like how do you teach critical thinking empathy is critical thinking you know creativity is critical thinking how do you teach social innovation well creativity is the key for social innovation because how do you think outside the box mm -hmm. and it's the, same with, it's the same with student voice there is no one right answer it's just how do you look at that student and value that student as an individual with a right to participate in what it is that's going on around them, that they are not the other and they're not treated as the other. And I suppose uh, for teachers, that can be quite challenging, you know, it can be very challenging because it's a, it's a mindset shift. And also when you think of how the classroom is structured and how the school is structured and, you know, you line up for this and you sit down for that, you know, this kind of thing. Whereas if you're to, if you're to look at students in a way or to empower them away in a way you have to break out of that kind of system or break out mm. of the mindset to fully embrace with them you know on matters that are important to them yeah and our experience here in our school has been that the more opportunities we give to our students to be heard or to send the message to them in a very real concrete way that what they say, what they say, what they feel, what they have to contribute is important. 
the more they will contribute. Yeah. It's like a, a yeah. circle. And they come up with, like you say, it's so closely connected with creativity because yeah. then they will come up with all kinds of creative solutions. And you know what? We don't have to take all of them on board, but I think a key is listening to them yeah. and having a platform on which they can express them and all of that. We've decided in our school this year, our change maker theme for this year is listening. And it sounds very simple, <laughs> not that easy, no. not that easy, easy. And it permeates lots of aspects of the school culture and school life. Yeah. But we'll see how that goes and we'll keep you tuned about but, that. But what I used to find sometimes was, you know, we would do a survey about something and I would say, okay, now we need to get student voice. We don't have time for, how do we time to do a survey, you know? And, but so it becomes kind of um, an add-on, whereas children's rights and children's voice aren't an add-on. They, they mm. are what it is that we do and integral to what it is that we do. And particularly when we're looking in the area of change and empowerment and development of children's agency, that, uh, that we work with children, not that they feel that things are done with or for, or, or things are done for them, that things are done with them, you know? And what's key there as well, and you mentioned this earlier on is, who's making the decisions for these children then? And yeah. it's people in positions of power, which are teachers, principals within schools. And when you think about it, what do we know yeah. really about their lives? If, if we come from a different social class, if we didn't have some of their struggles, if, if we haven't, which we haven't grown up in the world that they're growing up in yeah. and have some of their concerns and experiences and know about those. So, it's critical. I think it's so critical to take every opportunity to listen to students' voice. Yeah. Um, Fiona, <clears throat> you mentioned as well about how some of these skills are being focused on at third level and the how organisations are working with third level institutions and secondary schools. Just a question came to me there. Are there any change maker secondary schools in Ireland yet? I know there are across the world. But are there any in Ireland yet? Not yet. So we focused on our 15 primary and we're scaling up to five new primary and five new we're hoping we'll have Gaelskullna, uh, Church of Ireland and kind of increase the diversity of our network. But the, ideally, um, you know, when we look at scaling and if we look at, you know, four or five years down the line, we would love to have post-primary because obviously that connection is so clear and so important, but also what, what's really important for us is when we develop our students' agency as change makers, that this is continued with them throughout the education system and throughout their throughout their um, educational journey. But no, currently no. And there are internationally, yeah, there are some very, very powerful, interesting schools internationally uh, that have been nominated as change maker schools. Like what's coming across to me so strong, and it's just reminded me of this, I love to be reminded of, is the importance of student agency, being active in their own learning, uh, being engaged. And I think sometimes teachers forget that motivation and engagement are on the curriculum. They're actually primary, they're central on the curriculum. So that's where all of this kind of blends in as well, I think. Um, and Fiona, so, and I have a very clear picture of all of this starting with the child as change maker, then branching out into their communities and out into the wider world and that connection with social innovation impacting society. But just bringing it back to the level of the individual again and 
focusing on you, Fiona, as an individual, I just want to ask you, did you always think that you were a change maker? Or when did this idea or concept register with you? Yes, yeah, very interesting question. Um, and it's a hard one to answer, you know, you, I, that in that sense, I suppose um, my experience as I spoke to you earlier in terms of my own journey as a teacher uh, really inspired me to create change. And just as you were talking there, you were saying uh, teachers love to make a difference and that's why we're here. And I always had a very strong instinct for social justice. And I always had a very strong instinct for standing up for those who were marginalized or um, looking at systemic issues that I felt weren't inclusive. And there was various things that happened in my own life. I have a brother with a severe intellectual disability. I always wanted to be a social worker and I wanted to work in prisons. And I remember back in the day when the points that I remember filling in, you know, teaching, thinking I'll never get it. And I'll, great, I can go off and do social work and work in prisons. And I, I got the points for teaching and I, <laughs> I wasn't happy about it. But then, and then, but then when I went into a classroom, I, I was like, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. This is where I'm meant to be. And I have a deep love of children, but a deep love of, I suppose, this sense that at this point in their lives or their journey, they have such capacity to become the individuals that they want to be and what we have to do is support them around that. And what does that look like? But I have a deep empathy and compassion for marginalized communities, ethnic minorities, and in my own school, the community that, that I taught in, but I had a deep sense in what is right for these children to help them survive within the education system because my role was an educator my role was you know to ensure that they were getting the, the correct pedagogy that no more than what you were saying I was doing what I was doing my job but I had a deep sense of fighting tooth and nail for them across the board that they had the best supports possible that they had the best teachers possible and like I was saying we were contextual responsive we weren't doing something because someone told us we had to do it we were doing what was right for our children and it's that deep kind of sense and energy and passion that's driven me to this because I know that the system that we're in needs a shake-up and I know schools are shaking it up and my role is to collectively bring those schools together and bring that voice together so that stakeholders do listen it's a practice to theory approach you know I'm, I'm not giving the how I'm just scaffolding, I'm just giving some language, I'm just shaping, but I'm not telling anyone how to do anything. But I'm answering what I know is a need. And it's a need across the globe um, to develop something around this, which is essentially social innovation in primary schools. It's that creative solutions to social problems. It's that notion that the world is complex. It's that notion that the old systems are not working. Inequality is widening. How do we ensure that our systems support diversity? And, you know, it's going on in pockets around the place, but the key system to all of this is the education system. It's really, really key and it's happening. And how do we bring it together that there's that collective voice to make that noise that we're creating that kind of change. And that's what drives me. And I've lived it. I lived it my whole career. I probably lived it all of my life. And, and, and I'm, I'm connected to people like you, Siobhan, that are living it and are doing it. And how do we support each other around that? And I think that's the key to this, is that nobody's alone. 
that there's plenty of us doing it. And you'd be surprised how interested those who um, are key decision makers are interested in this process as well. Fantastic. And Fiona, when you were at school yourself, were you encouraged or supported to develop change maker skills? Um, I tell you who was instrumental in me developing change maker skills was my father. And he, you know, if you got a search for skipping, he practically, you know, put you, know, put you on a podium. And he really had deep, deep faith in all of us um to be the best that we can be and i think that has really motivated me and i've had always that sense and i suppose that links in very much to education like we can always remember the teacher that just believed in us and they didn't have to say anything you just looked at them and you know they 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 believed in you you know and, mm. I, and it's so important for teachers to realize the power they have in that sense because i guarantee you we can all always all remember a teacher that we connected well with or or understood us or whatever else in the good times and in the bad i suppose were those skills developed i can't necessarily say that they were um but i definitely i am currently doing a phd but when i was doing my masters i I definitely developed a lot of the skills that we're talking about here. But I, my education was good, but my education was a conservative education, you know, in that sense. Um, but I think it was my life experience and my experience as an educator and my own childhood um, experiences that kind of drew me to this space. But obviously the, the education piece framed that and was around that. And, you know, I don't want to see my children and I don't want to see the next generation of children having the same kind of circumstances because we're coming into a different world you know and fiona were you encouraged or supported to speak up at school speak up or speak out uh that's a very interesting question i can't say i was i can't say i was you know and that's i don't know how you feel about that were you in the same position or Oh, very much so, very much so. And uh, I was extremely shy, still am shy, and I don't really see anything negative about that. But I would have, I'd imagine, it's easy to say in hindsight, but I imagine I would have benefited from that little bit more encouragement or the opportunities. And I suppose having my voice heard, what I'm passionate about now for my own students and for my own children. I'm so glad you mentioned there, Fiona, about being a parent because we were both talking about that just before we came on today and the various challenges of all of that. So it just made me reflect on, you know, these are skills that I so deeply want my own children to have going out into the world because I know how much they will benefit them. Um, and I want them for my students. So what is the role of parents within all of this Fiona and that's a really interesting question uh, because it's so key and what, what I'm finding is parents are thinking and talking like this and they're wondering why the schools aren't thinking and talking like this you know yeah uh, so it's how the schools engage and again schools are all in different phases of their journey with all of this are how in this identity building and it's so contextual but as schools um engage in the processes i mean it's just as important to hear a student voice as 
it is to hear parent voice. And again, it's that's very contextual. Um, but you will find uh, as you're going through this journey, when you're talking about it, parents are so unbelievably proud that this work is going on in their schools. And I hear it constantly. Um, I was even talking to a principal last week who various, um, they put up the pillars uh, signage outside the school and various new parents came because they were so glad that their children will be taught these skills. And parents are welcoming it because they're seeing it. And, and you have to remember, Changemaker Schools or to get this um, accolade, it's an award. And it's an award because you're creating systemic change in education. And it's not that you're the best at anything, but it's that you're adapting to this new world in a very cohesive way uh, that parents love. We all want that for our children, you know, and we all know that the old systems are broken and parents are the ones that are, that are saying it the most. So for me, and what I'm seeing is that it's a welcome relief for parents to see that schools are embracing this because they're hearing it in the workplace. They're witnessing it in their own practices and work. They're seeing the skills that they're being expected to do. And, you know, you talk to those Leaving, leaving Cert students um, that are coming out, you know, there's no one fixed road or trajectory that you're, you know, in inverted commas, trained to do something anymore. You know, it's skills to be adaptable, it's skills to diversify. And where better to start that than with primary school children when they're coming up? Because like I said, you don't automatically uh, switch when you go to third level or go to second level. And it's important uh, for primary schools to develop these in a soft, you know, interactive way that uh, is pedagogically um, cohesive. Fantastic. You know, you brought it all around there. And I, I like the way you went back again to the, the Leave and Search results. And I hope those who did receive their results recently are happy with what they got and will have the skills in spite of whether it was a H1, a H3, a H2, whatever it says on that piece of paper, that they will have the skills to go out into the world to affect change and to be inclined to use those skills and use all the knowledge that they got throughout school. I hope that's the way it works out. Fiona, I love, love, love so much about change making and change maker schools. But what's really resonated with me now is the whole idea of this being a practice to theory approach and the whole uniqueness of that in the education context because I would have heard teachers within our own school like I said earlier say I know this is the best thing to do I'm doing this because it feels right and then something amazing almost happens soon after that they do it they put it into practice they observe it and then they may come across a piece of academic literature that is actually recommending it but they've They've put it into practice first so they can validate it already. Yeah, no, I, and, and the new curriculum will really support that because there's such there is space now for that kind of creativity in our pedagogy. But the, the other thing that I think is interesting about this is, and when we're talking about our students and our students that are going out to do their leaving cert, what's important, I think, is to do something you love and something you're passionate about. And often practices that are innovative for example even for yourself uh, with your outdoor learning your innovative kind of approaches there to your teaching drives you and motivates you and I think what's so important for the school system is that 
passions and interests are ignited and supported and developed so that you can have a career and a life around what it is that you love. And what does that look like within the education space? And social innovation, social entrepreneurship, and that, those, that kind of uh, space where people can you know, work and make a living out of something that they love, that does social good, uh, is so inspiring and it's good for the world. And it's kind of, it's often the way things are going, you know? And definitely, if I was to give advice to even to our students, it's, it's tap into that in whatever way that you can. Do something that you love um that that you know that gets you in your heart that gets you in your gut because uh, you will all you will always love your job you'll never be waking up any day not wanting to go to work and when I hear people say that I get awful sad because I'm like how on earth um can you do that and people do you know mm. um and yeah I I often think sometimes uh, with the change maker schools there's the people that I work with within it have such a passion for it. It's so inspiring. Like even when I bring it up in DCU, it's like people love talking about it because um, there's something about it that people know is totally right. And there's an instinct to it, like you were talking about there, but it connects to values, but also it, it's the way the world is going. And I think it's nice to be part of um, that kind of learning journey. Fiona, that's such an inspiring message for young people, and I think for everybody in the education system, thank you so much, that's fantastic. Fiona, we're coming to the end, and you've asked, you've answered any questions I think that I have. So just to finish up, I wonder if there's any questions you have of me or anything additional you'd like to add. I was going to ask you, did you have any words of advice for young people? But I don't know if you can follow that inspirational message you already gave. Uh, well, it's funny that just as we were talking there, I realized that uh, Eglish or your school was the first school um, that I had ever visited in um, the nomination process for the Changemaker Schools. And I, I remember going into your school and I remember the moment walking into your school. And whenever I go into your school, I get goosebumps. Oh. And I suppose I've been impressed by your school in so many different ways. Uh, since I've known you since 2017, 2018. But what is your driver or your uh, motivation for the work that you do within this space? Fantastic question. <laughs> I think it's actually some of the things that you've said. It's that desire to make a difference. It's that feeling and that knowledge that this really matters. This is work that matters and being able to observe the differences every day, but also having that passion, I suppose, a passion for it. And as well, like you say, I, I'm very privileged to work with a fabulous staff, an amazing staff that they inspire me and they're they're so open and eager to try new things, to try new things, even though from time to time we might say, Mm, you know, we might be confused as to where exactly it is on the curriculum, but but we're strong enough in ourselves and strong enough as a team now to be able to say this is making a difference for our cohort of students in our school context. So that's what we're going to go with. So I think, you know, as as the team builds, I think you mentioned this as well, as the team builds, then it's amazing where it brings you to, because it's like you have a certain amount of freedom and validation 
to be more creative, to step out and take the lead. And everybody's listening to each other, building on each other's ideas. You know, it's like those those pillars of change makers, the creativity, the empathy, the leadership, the teamwork, they all kind of mold as one. And it definitely makes for a stronger unit. So I suppose being a part of that, it, it feels like really deep, meaningful work. And then being connected to other principals of other change maker schools, to staffs of other change maker schools, it's like it keeps the energy up. It keeps the enthusiasm alive. Plus it opens you up to other ideas of where perhaps you could build on some aspect of creativity you've already begun within your own school. So I can't emphasize enough the, the benefits of being involved in this network and yeah, and how that feel good factor, it definitely makes coming to school every day more meaningful. Um, and it, you know, I think it's going to be part of the legacy, a really important legacy that we will leave for our students because we don't know now, and I love one of my favorite educationalists is, edu or is Ken Robinson. I think one of the things he said is we don't know the future that we're educating our children for. And what I do, what we do know for sure is that, you know, we, we can have access to any amount of knowledge at the press of a button, but it's the skills, it's the skills and the competencies that we can equip them with so that they are motivated to use them, to step out and make a difference. As you know, Fiona, we have a very simple question that we encourage our students and our teachers to ask in the school context and in life outside the school every day when faced with any issues, be they personal, family, social, but just to take a breath and ask the question, what can I do? What can I do? And I think if we all ask and answer that question and then act, that's agency, that's motivation, and that's making a difference. So you might have guessed I am inspired and passionate about this work, but I, yeah. I hope that answered your question, Fiona. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm delighted that the support of the other schools sustains that and bridges it and develops absolutely. it. And, and your own support and the validation of the work that the staff does. So thanks a million for that. Fiona, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. And I know you have a very busy schedule there, so I won't hold you any longer. But um, who do you think, just before you go, who do you think would benefit from listening to this episode? Oh, interesting question. Teachers, students, parents. I mean, I was just thinking there as you were speaking, we're at the very uh, inception of this, you know, we're conceptualizing something, we're creating something. And in a way, sometimes when I talk about it, sometimes I feel like a bit of an entrepreneur around it, you know, because <laughs> what you put around this to make this happen. Um, but what I would love to see in time is that there's an open call for changemaker schools where parents can nominate schools, children can nominate schools, caretakers, SNAs, anyone can nominate a school and the school can go through the process. Because this, this schools are for everyone. They're not one person. You know, you often hear principals saying, my school, you the, schools are for everyone and schools are communities and schools are within communities. And I think, you know, Ideally, I would love to see this becoming 
part of our future. I would love to see this becoming um, a more widespread um, initiative. Fantastic. Fiona, thank you so, so much. Listen, have a, have a lovely day and we'll be in contact again very soon. Thank you. Thanks so much. I feel so inspired with a renewed faith in the potential of education following that discussion. Thank you, Fiona. If you'd like to find out more about the DCU Changemaker Schools Network or Ashoka Changemaker Schools across the world, check out the links in the description for this podcast. The Let's Stand programme trains young people from ages 5 to 18 in the skills of public speaking. If you'd like to find out more, check out www.letstand.ie or email letstandspeakout at gmail.com. Until next time, think about what is your story? Thank you for listening. Let's Stand, speaking up about speaking out. If you say what you want